really, unpacking humanity, okay? Found that video for you this week and thought, uh, you know, yeah, that all of us, I think, can relate at some point. They say, yeah, you look in the mirror, you say to yourself, this is who you are. Past failures, what you look like, your popularity. This is what the Bible says. It is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Would you read that first line with me once again? It is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Now, you've got to get that in your head. That's why that, that video ended so well. You find out who you are in Jesus Christ. Goes on to say, long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living, part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and everyone. Last week, as we started this, we started with the, with the starting point, which, by the way, is also the ending point, and it's also the point all the way in the middle, and it goes like this. You can take out your sermon notes. It's simply this. I am the beloved Called and gifted for a great work. Now, read that with me right there. I am the beloved. Called and gifted for a great work. Get that in your head. No matter what else anybody says to you. This is the truth. You are God's beloved. He knows your name. He has called and gifted you for a Look at this. Look at this passage. How blessed is God. And what a blessing he is. He is the father of our master, Jesus Christ. And he takes us to the high places of blessing in him. Then he says this. Long before he laid down the earth's foundation, he had us in mind. Now stop and think about that. Before God created, before there was anything else. Whenever there was, whatever was before, I don't know what, what existed before, whatever God existed, wherever he existed, before he created anything, he knew you and he knew your name and he knew he had a plan for you. Not only that, did he not just know you, he it said he'd settled on us as the focus of his love. He said, I know this person, I can see them, I will love them. Before the earth came into existence, before the sun shone in the sky, before anything else was made, God knew your name. And he said, you know what? I'm going to love that person. He settled on us as the focus of his love to be made whole and holy by the things we do, by the things we achieve, by the possessions we gain. Whole and holy by his love. Don't you understand? You see that guy in the video? He's trying to be whole and holy through all these other things. You'll never be whole and holy through those things. Only one thing is going to make you whole and holy. And you don't even have to earn that. That's God's love. He gives it to you freely. Long Long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. You know, just to give you a heads up, this next fall, we're going to start a series. I told you I plan these things out months in advance. There are lots of words that are important and lots of words that we want to explore. This fall, we're going to, we're going to look at 12 important words, and one of them is this word, 
adoption. And when you see what adoption means, particularly at the time of Jesus Christ, and the, the New Testament was written, it will blow you away. But that's what God decided to do. He would adopt you right in. Okay. Now, here's the question. If I am the beloved, why do I do the things I do? Why can't I get it right? See, all of us, somewhere in that video, can identify with that guy. Not all that stuff, but somewhere in there, you said, yeah. Why can't I get this right? Why do I fail? Why do I have this idea of what I should do, but I'm, I'm unable to do it? What is going on with me? Well, here's the second point. I am the beloved, but I'm also broken. You're broken. Did you know that? Probably I didn't need to tell you that. Or maybe I did. Maybe you didn't realize you do the things you do because you're broken. We are broken individuals, loved by God, but broken. The Apostle Paul was an amazing man. He uh, had that personal call from Jesus Christ. Okay, He was zealous for God, but it was in the wrong way. Jesus Christ appears to him, calls him to this great ministry, turns him around. Paul goes on to be what, perhaps the greatest apostle we've ever had, writes over one-third of the New Testament. But this is what he said about himself. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate to do. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. Does anybody resonate with that? This was Apostle Paul talking. Looked at himself and said, I don't get it. I know what I should do. I don't seem to do that. I do the things that I really don't even want to do, but I wind up doing those things. Now, then he says this. <laughs> what a wretched man I am. That's the guy in the mirror. Did you see that? Don't you see what the guy was talking about? What a wretched man I am. Look at all the stupid stuff I do. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Now, if we stopped right there, and if Paul stopped right there, it'd be pretty depressing, wouldn't it? But he doesn't stop there. He goes on to say this. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. In other words, okay, I'm broken, and there's some things that aren't working in me, but there's also a way out. There's a way that I can live, even with my brokenness, but it isn't through the world. It's through who? Jesus Christ. Once I learn to live through Jesus Christ, it doesn't take away all of my brokenness. I'm going to show you that, but I learn how to live with it. I learn how to live in victory, even in the midst of the brokenness that I come with. Why did God create us this way? What, what is going on? I mean, our Father loves us. He focused on us before the world was created to be objects of His love, and yet we turn out this way? How did that happen? Did He create us like this? And the answer is what? No. He didn't create us this way. He created us to be whole and healthy as long as we stayed in a relationship. He created the world to be whole and healthy as long as it stayed in a relationship with him. Now that's key. You got to get that in your head because 
There is no such thing as whole and healthy apart from a relationship with God. God did not create us or the world to be whole and healthy apart from him. He did not create it, set it in motion, and then push it away and say, okay, you're on your own, whole and healthy. No. Whole and healthy only comes in relationship with God because he is the only one in all the universe who is whole and healthy. Nothing else. No one else. And he created us in such a way that as long as we stayed in that relationship with him, the world was whole and healthy. People were whole and healthy. The world operated the way that it should have operated from the very beginning. But what happened? Humanity walked away. Humanity walked away. By the way, we have another sermon series coming up pretty soon called The Story of God in Six Acts. And one of those acts is... Humanity rebelled. We walked away. And as soon as we walked away, we lost that relationship with him. And then we were discovered for who we really are. Who's the only one who's whole and healthy? God. Are we in a relationship with him? No longer. Here we are. And the world starts to break down. Weeds show up. We are going to, next Saturday, get together and weed this whole place. Because long ago, humanity walked away from God. If we hadn't walked away from God, we wouldn't have to do that. So you can get mad at Adam and Eve if you want to, but, but don't, okay? Because if it hadn't been them, it would have been you. So just, you know, we've been talking about you. So humanity walks away from God. We lose that relationship. We're no longer whole and healthy. The world begins to break down. And guess what? We break down too. We're broken. When we broke that relationship with him, all humanity from that point on, was broken. <laughs> I'm going to show you just how broken we are already. Let's just show how complete it is. First of all, I'm broken in my body. Now, what I mean by that is this body that I live in is breaking down. It doesn't operate the way that it should. It's breaking down all the time. The older I get, the more it breaks. One day, this body won't even function at all. I'll have to leave it. One day, this body will be so broken that I can't stay here. I'll have to go someplace else. We call that death. Because this body will break down. But even between now and then, it breaks down. It, it, it doesn't operate the way it was originally supposed to operate. And because it's broken, it gets in the way of what I want to do that's right. For instance, I get really tired sometimes. When I get really tired, or if I don't eat right, I get crabby. You don't want to be around me when I'm like that. My body doesn't function the way it was supposed to function. I run out of gas before I run out of things to do. My body's broken. I have normal, natural desires that get in the way of what God wants me to do because I'm broken. Those normal, natural desires are normal now. What could have happened to me if we hadn't broken that relationship right now? There are normal, natural, human, bodily, physical desires that get in the way of what God would have me do. Paul put it like this. We have this treasure. In other words, inside of us, in each one of us, there is the spirit of Jesus Christ, this glorious, wonderful, living spirit of Jesus Christ. If you are a believer, you have received the spirit of Jesus Christ, but he lives in here. We have this treasure in jars of clay. If you have a treasure 
I mean, the most precious treasure. Where would you put it? Would you put it in just a simple cracked pot on the, on the mantle of your fireplace? You'd put it someplace wonderful and you'd be able to show it off and you make sure it's protected. God took the most precious thing, the spirit of Jesus Christ, and he put it in us and we're broken. It's a jar of clay. It doesn't work the way that it should. If we are believers, we have that Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ, but it's in a damaged, broken thing. Let me show you how it works. Jesus, Garden of Gethsemane, he's living in a physical body. That physical body is feeling fear because he knows what's going to happen. He knows that in just a little while, in this physical body, they're going to arrest him. They're going to beat him almost to death. They're going to hang him on a tree and crucify him until he's dead. Jesus, in that physical body, wants to find another way. What did he do? He went to his father and he said, if there's another way, let this cup pass from me. But he didn't do it alone. Before he went to pray, who did he ask to pray with him? The disciples. He said, look, I'm going to go a little way over there and pray. Would you just stay and pray? And when he came back, what were they doing? Why? Jesus is in agony, and his disciples are sleeping. They can't even support him in prayer. Why not? They live in a broken body, and they're tired, and they went to sleep. That's how broken you are. But it's not just your body that's broken. How about this? I'm also broken in my mind. Because of our rebellion, because we're no longer in that great relationship with God, we can't even think straight. We don't even understand everything that happens to us. We don't get it. And our mind began to think things it shouldn't. And this happened, by the way, almost right away. Take a look at this passage. It's from Genesis chapter 6. Does anybody remember where the fall of man took place? What chapter in Genesis is where mankind rebels? Three. Now we're in Genesis chapter 6. Okay, a few chapters later is what we read. God saw that human evil was out of control. People thought evil, imagined evil, 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 evil from morning to night. That's how quickly it happens. Great relationship with God. Our mind works the way it should. Break that relationship, suddenly our mind goes wacko. We're broken in our mind. I make mistakes because I don't comprehend everything around me. I don't even understand everything God is trying to tell me. My mind is not able to, to understand it and comprehend it. And I have a decent mind. But it's broken. It doesn't get it. Let me give you an example. This last week, this has happened to all of you. Well, let's say most of you. Have you ever tried to understand somebody on a cell phone and it's a really bad connection? Your connection is broken. I mean, it's like every two or three words you hear, then it drops out, and you're going, what was that? And you're trying with all your might to understand, and sometimes you get the gist of it. And then sometimes you think you get the gist of it, and you got it wrong. Welcome to humanity, trying to hear and understand God. Do you think those of us who study the Bible understand and comprehend all of it? My mind isn't even able to do that. It can't. One day it will. Paul made a promise, by the way. He said, right now, it's, it's, we're living like, like, like you're looking in a broken mirror. You ever looked in a broken mirror? You kind of get a view of, of what's going on, but it doesn't look right. He said, one day we will see clearly, but what is that day called? Death. 
Yeah, one day when we die and we leave this body, this broken body with this broken mind, then we'll go, oh, now I get it. We'll get all the jokes we never got, I guess. I don't know. It's going to be an interesting time. (laughs) Oh, sure. That makes sense to me now because I won't be using this thing. But right now I do. And it's broken. It doesn't work the way that it should. But I'm also broken this way. I'm broken in my spirit. And this is the real killer. See, the other two things, my my body and my mind, those are things that just will go away eventually. They just won't function any longer and they'll be done. But my spirit is who I really am. And it will stay with me forever because it is me. It's me living in this thing. This thing is broken and this thing goes away. My spirit lives here, but guess what? My spirit is broken as well. Why Paul said this. I know that nothing good lives in me. That is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. And my friends were born this way. We are born with broken spirits. We are born with selfish nature. And those of you who are parents need no explanation, do you? We spend most of our time in instruction with our kids, instructing them and correcting them not to be selfish. Because they come out that way. Mine is their favorite word. And we have to teach them as infants, as toddlers, as elementary school, as teenagers, as young adults, to live above that selfish nature that puts ourselves first. That's how broken I am. My mind is broken. My body is broken. My spirit is born into this world broken. And that, my friends, is why I do what I do. Now, what are we going to do about it? That's what we're going to spend the rest of our time is right here. Ready? Good. There is hope. (laughs) Three things I want you to remember. First of all is this. Even though I'm broken, I'm still the beloved. Could you say that with me? Even though I am broken, I am still the beloved. You've got to grab that. Yes, you're broken. And you know what? God knows all about your brokenness. He knows how broken your body is. He knows how broken your mind is. He knows how broken your spirit is. And he just loves you to death. He thinks you're fantastic. You see, there's that idea out there. And I think that I don't know where it all came from. But but I heard someone say one time, you know, the reason God loves you is he sees that potential in you. God can see what you can be. And he loves you so much. He wants you to be that. And everything I just told you was nonsense. what that really says is God doesn't love you matter of fact he may not even like you he might even hate you but he sees in you the potential to be something great and that's who he loves he doesn't love you he loves who you're going to be in him and that's not true God loves you In all your brokenness, 
whatever you've done, whatever you've thought, whatever you're thinking at this very moment, God loves you so much. Look at this. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God saw your brokenness. He saw my brokenness. And he loves us so much. When you look at yourself in the mirror, just like the man in the video, and you see all those flaws, and they're there. There will be people in your life who will go out of their way to point them out to you if you don't see them yourself. They're there. But over all of it, can you remember this one simple thing? God loves you anyway. We've all had uh, children or we've been children. We had a broken toy. And they want a new one. Throw the old one away. They don't love that doll, that bicycle, that whatever. Just throw it away. It's all broken. Sometimes we, we see God that same way. We, we, we bring him this, this brokenness. And we think he only loves us because he knows he can clean it up. And that's why he loves us. But let me tell you something. If you see yourself as just that old, rusty, broken down bicycle that doesn't work anymore. God loves you just the way you are. In all your brokenness. That's how much he loves you. That is the love of God. So the first thing is this. Even though I am broken, please remember, you're still the beloved. But we have something else to remember. Stop expecting perfection. You're not going to get there. You can't be perfect in this life. But guess what? The people around you can't be perfect either. That's why they do what they do. We're going to make mistakes. Paul said this, not that I've already obtained all this or I've already been made perfect. Remember, he's the great apostle. He says, I'm not perfect. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. My body is broken, my mind is broken, my spirit, and it all gets in the way of the things that I should do. And that goes, that's true for everybody around us as well. I will be perfect one day when I die. I'm not really asking for that quite yet. But one day the body goes away and the mind goes away and the, the spirit will be perfectly perfected and I will be perfect up there and I'll understand everything and know everything, but not now. Now I will make huge mistakes. Sometimes I'll do it because I just don't grab it. Sometimes I'll do it because I give in to those desires that aren't right. And the people around me will do it. Until then, you know what we do? We give and receive lots and lots of grace. Grace. People are going to hurt you. Give them grace. 
You will hurt other people. Seek forgiveness and give yourself grace. You can't be perfect. What brings us to the third thing to remember simply this. Even though I can't be perfect, I can be better. Now, would you read that with me? Even though I can't be perfect, I can be better. Now, that's where you have to live. If you're going to expect perfection, you will always be disappointed in yourself and the people around you. We can't be perfect, but we can be better. We can do better than we are doing right now. Paul was not perfect, but he also never gave up trying to get there. This is what he says. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. In other words, perfection. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Okay, I'm not perfect. I know I'm not perfect. But that doesn't mean I give up. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give myself and the people around me lots of grace. I'm going to do that by saying, okay, the past is the past. I'm going to move forward and I'm going to do better. I will do better in my physical body. I will do better with my mind. I will do better in my spirit. I will do better in my life. Because I can. Because I can. So here's how we're going to end all this thing. Got about five minutes, so stick with me. With God's help. Now let's unpack that just for a moment. Do you know why many of us can't get better? Because we're trying to do it with willpower. Doesn't work. I'm going to be a better person. I'm just going to decide to do it. Because what that says is, God, I don't need your help. You created me in such a way that without you, I can become a better person. And God said, you got it all wrong. You can't do it without me. I created you that way. Your willpower alone won't do it. How many of you tried to go on diets with willpower? Is that enough said right there? Okay. Willpower won't work. We have to learn to use God's help. That's part of what we do here in the church. That's part of why we, we teach classes. It's part of why you come to, to, to worship. It's the, some of the things we're trying to tell you is, is how it is that you learn to use God's help through prayer and understanding the Bible. We want to teach you more of the Word. We want to teach you how to be in a better relationship with Him because that's how, coupled with your decision to do it, you can be a better person. But if you're just going to do it because God says, well, you know, we need to be better, so I'm going to be better, With God's help, I can improve my health. And that helps, doesn't it? My body can't be fixed. It can't, I mean, it's always going to be broken, but I can be a little healthier. How many of you have ever noticed that if you're pushing yourself too hard, if you're not getting enough sleep, if you're eating incorrectly, you make a lot more mistakes, right? You've seen that? With God's help, I can learn to improve my health. Maybe drop a couple pounds, maybe learn to sleep a little bit better, maybe with God's help, learn the things that I've been giving myself to that have been taking all of my energy and strength, and they're not helping. I need to let them go. Do you know how to take a vacation? Do you know how to take time off? Or are you one of these people that just works, 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 works? Well, if you're not glad, 
I got books on my shelf that'll tell you you're addicted to adrenaline. Addicted. And I know what's going to happen to you. Your heart's going to give out long before it should. You won't even know how to relax. With God's help, we can learn to be healthier people. Saddleback Church was interesting a year ago. I have to find out how they've been doing. They started a whole thing called the Daniel Plan. And it was based upon the book of Daniel, I think in chapter 1, when Daniel is kidnapped, so to speak, and taken back to Babylon. And um, he's made one of the, the king's favorites. And the king told his servants to make sure that Daniel and his friends all had enough to eat from the, the wine and all the rich food that came off the king's table. And Daniel came and said, look, I don't want to eat that stuff. I just want vegetables. Just give me vegetables and water. And the steward looked at him and said, look, if I do that and you look bad, a week from now, the king's going to chop off my head. And Daniel said, look, just give us vegetables and water for a week. If I look better, if I look bad, we'll stop. But if I look better, then could you just... One week later, guess how they looked? Healthy. Compared to all those people who were eating all the rich food and all the fatty food and all the, the wine. You ever seen somebody who drinks wine and wine and wine and wine and wine? Daniel said, look, just give me water. And a week later... You look great. Now, I'm not saying you need to be a vegetarian. What I'm saying is simply this. What you put into your body is going to affect how you look, how you feel, what you do. With God's help, we can't improve our health. With God's help, we can improve our minds. Never stop learning. Take opportunity to, to read, to read the Word of God, to learn the things of God, to learn something else that's out there, to learn something about God's creation. Keep working and exercising your mind. But, with God's help, this is the most important one. I can be spiritually transformed. See, that's more important to me than even what I eat, how I look, or my mind. We are broken in our spirit. But with the help of God, through a relationship with Him, a personal, daily walk with God, we can be transformed in here. Different people. New people. People that are alive to what God wants to say. People who operate not because of rules out here, but because of the love of God in here. This is what Paul said. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Do you understand that it is possible, because of what Jesus Christ has done for us, because of the crucifixion, because of his death, because of his resurrection, we can come to God on our knees and say, Dear Lord, my spirit is broken, and it's sinful. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Fill me. Renew me from here outside. That over the course of time, as we learn to pray, as we learn to read, as we learn to walk with Him, as we learn to hear the Spirit, never perfectly because we can't do that in this world, we become different people. Not just forgiven people. Different people. Renewed. 
not completely fixed. That's not going to happen in this life. But more and more and more into the image of the one who created us, which, by the way, we're going to talk about on the very last Sunday of this service and of this series. With the help of God, yeah, you can become healthy in your body, healthier. You can improve your mind. But most importantly, with the help of God, each of us can be spiritually transformed, brand new, not just forgiven, but growing in Him. So, we end it right here. We can and we should do better. You can't be perfect. You're a broken person. You can't be perfect. You need to give yourself and people around you lots and lots and lots and lots of grace. But we can be better. And we should try and endeavor to do so with God's help. But right here, I don't want to change so that God will love me. Can you understand that? God will not love you more because you change. God will not love you better because you're a better person. I want to change because he loves me. Why do you want to be different and better? For you and your own sake, that's not bad. That's not bad. I want to be better because God loves me so much. And he provided a way for me to be better. But it cost the life of his son. And I accept that God won't like me more because I'm better. God doesn't love me more now because I'm a much better person than I was 30 years ago. God loved me just as much before I ever knew him. But because he loves me, I want to be better. I won't be perfect but I can be better than I am. And that I want to do. Father, thank you. We thank you, first of all, for the love that you give to us. Um, We don't have to earn it. It isn't because we're going to be better people or because of the potential. Father, you love us because you love us and we don't even understand why, but who can understand love? We We don't get that. But we're broken, Father, and we admit it. Our bodies don't work like they should. Our minds don't work like they should. Our spirits don't work like they should. Father, thank you that you have made a way through Jesus Christ that we can still have a relationship with you and that we can, with your help, grow and do a little bit better and a little bit better. Father, as we're open to you, as your spirit speaks to our spirits, as we learn to pray and to read and to study and to learn and to fellowship with people around us, as we're encouraged to take those steps in you, Father, we know that you will change our spirits little by little into the image of your Son. It takes our whole lives. And Father, we won't get there in this life. But we can get closer. And that we can do. So Father, that's what we're going to do. Give us the grace in the face of our brokenness and the brokenness of the people around us. Give us the faith to be able to step out on Jesus Christ 
and to be better people with his help. Thank you, Lord.